0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Dafa Shavu'af from Meseches Yevamus. I know that Meseches Yuvamos is not the easiest Gemara, but Kol kavo for making it through, for getting through these cases and what we're trying to accomplish here, some bottom line halachos that come up. And that's what we're going to do today. The first is going to sound more Hashkafic, but I'll show you how it's anchored in halacha. And based on the timing, we'll get to a very essential issue of the issue concerning uh, what we call, in English, birth control. And it's halakhi context, which finds its way into our Gemara on Daf base. And if we don't get to address it well today, we'll see how it continues. The first topic that I want to address today, such an incredible topic, comes through somewhat incidentally. Let's jump into it. The Gemara is presenting all these different situations of the possibility that a Yavam has more than one potential Yavama in front of him. Gemara goes through different possibilities in last week's staff and today's staff, how that could happen. And the Gemara says that if the, the Yavam makes a decision that he's going to do Chalitza, he should choose to do Chalitza with the psula, and not with the kshara. He should choose to do the chalitza with one, a woman who already has at least an isr lav attached to her if she would marry a kohen. So for example, if the yavam is interested in doing chalitza, he shouldn't pick the yavama, the potential yavama, who is a single woman, has never been married, is still eligible to marry a Kohen, even a Kohen Gadol, he should choose to do the Chalitza if there is a woman in front of him in these unique cases that already has a psula. Maybe she's a Mahsa Grushasa, where there would be a lava associated with her. Maybe it's a situation where she's a Grusha. Because we know, as we explained earlier, that when one becomes a Chalutza, she now has restrictions on who she could marry. And the Gemara says, you have to be involved in your mitzvah, that's what it's saying to the man, but don't, through the Chalutza, negatively affect someone else if there's another option. The Amar of Yosef, that Rav Yosef says, kan shana is teaching us something from the great Rebbe, lo Yishbach adam, a person should not spill out extra water that's in a jug or that's literally of his pit when others may need it. Now this expression is explained in the Yerzeruah. The Yerzeruah serves as a very important source for halacha. In Sefer aleph under Hilchus Yibam V'Kiddushin, he says straight out, Giving one of the examples that I gave. If he's going to do chalitza anyway, and you have these two women in front of you, as the cases were explained in the Gemara, choose the one that already has a psula associated with her. Filo yifso Now this halacha is both as as it applies to ishus and into the realm of kahuna. Yosef Adam The arzurah feels the need not just to bring the halacha, but to bring the expression of it. But I want to try to explain. And you'll see why I'm doing this, especially in the month of Av, and especially after the parsha of Veschanan, how such a concept is applied, halachalamase, even outside the realm of Ishus. Now, I'm going to fast forward to a Mishnah Baruah. then we'll get to an Arachashochan, and we'll get to some practical cases. This is going to cover everything from real estate, Hilchas Sitzes, Hilchas Ishus and many other areas, not only in halacha, but in Jewish thought, la l'chaveira. The Mishnah Brewer in simon Taf Vav, Sif Gimel, is discussing what do we do with tzitzes that are no longer functional? What do you do with the strings? You know that you're supposed to create some type of Defect in the tzitzes before throwing it out, although it doesn't have to be put into Geniza. This is not the time for a Geniza shir. We discussed some of this in Mesachas Megillah, but you're supposed to apostle up the tzitzes, so you don't throw it out while there's still kashr tzitzes. Now, the Mishnah Brewer brings down the following, yesh menachronim, he says there are those commentaries, later post, shekhasfudi zaher lahatir hakesherim, that what you should do is don't rip up the strings. You should loosen them, which means undo the knot so they're no longer technically tzitzes. And don't rip it up. And he quotes our Gemara, The point over here is that maybe someone else could use these strings. What you're doing is you're taking something that no longer has a function for you, but it may still have a function for someone else. Don't destroy it. You see the matchup with the case that we have in Gemara. Maybe a little bit of a stretch until you see how the Mishnah continues, because the Mishnah continues to say that this is under the discussion of Baal Tashchis. Baal Tashchis is, has is sources in the Torah with not destroying trees. And the chiddush that I would suggest over here is that baltashkus could mean destroying an object and taking something out of use when it still should have use. That sounds like a bein adam issue, but as the Mishnah Bura, I believe is explaining over here, it also has a bein machaverah. That's what this adds to it. Our expression from our Gemara. Of because you're taking away the opportunity from someone else to use these sits. It's not just a destruction of the item. And the Chiddush in our Gemara, the Bayom HaKavero, it's a destruction of an opportunity. That here's a woman that, if not for you, would be eligible to marry a Kohen. Even, as we're going to explain, if we get to it, <clears throat> the opportunity is not right in front of her face even in this situation with the tzitzes, there's no one lining up to take these tzitzes. Even for a possible, what we would call, a future interest, this halacha would apply. Now, I just want to add, since we're doing the halacha Lameis the Chai does qualify the tzitzes halacha, and he says, V'chai Adam kasa b'makam hatircha, In a situation where it's just going to be too complicated, to rip it up, or to, to undo the strings, you're gonna to spend too much time on it. Then he says, you could end up ripping it. One of the ways, if we would study the sugya of Ba'otashchus is to do it in only in a destructive way. So he presents a way to do it, that it's not as destructive as a full eradication of a, of a tree or something along those lines. But here we have the expression from our Gemara being used not just as an expression, but as halacha lamasa. Now, before I get to the Yarech who also brings us down la halacha and takes us in somewhat of a different category. Remember, the first approach is some form of ba'al tashkas, a lost opportunity, destroying an opportunity for someone else. I was looking around and I found something fascinating. In the Sefer Daf al Daf, I mentioned before there's a beautiful collection of Svarim really put out originally for people studying Daf Yomi with insights from contemporary postkim. And I flip through it sometimes on Shabbos. I want to mention parenthetically that someone who's listening to the Shir asked me how is it possible that anyone could study Mesechos Yuvamus Daf Yomi? to do this, we're trying to spend a week on a daf, and you're spending a week in preparation and in review. It's a great kasha. But again, you could definitely get something out of daf yomi, but I find this very meaningful as well. So in the daf al-daf on Yavon, Siyad Beiz Aleph, he takes this concept of lo Yishbach adam in a positive, and I actually want to suggest it's a variation of the way I explain this Mishnah Brura that we have opportunities out there for other people, for objects relating to other people, and we don't want to destroy them. So he tells a story that he heard from a Hagin Reb Shlomo Zlatnik, someone in Eretz Yisroh, that Revarin Cutler, of Levracha, when he came to Eretz Yisro one time, and he was looking to take a cab, a Monit, from Yerushalayim to Tel Aviv, he pulled over a cab driver and he made a deal with him. He said, I'm going to pay you, and I'll even pay extra, on the condition that you pick up everyone who's tramping on the way. She kol trampist is Damin Which means by the time we get to Tel Aviv, I want every single seat in this cab filled up. And I'll pay, even if it's uh, an additional charge. And what was the Hezboer of Revar and Cutler... He takes that sometimes sounds so complicated, abstract, and he says, This is what Rabbi taught us. This car is filled with opportunities to do good acts of picking up people. I'm willing to pay the price. It would be a destroyed a wasted opportunity, a wasted space, if not everyone gets the opportunity to sit in one of these seats. What an incredible idea. You know, you're on a plane and someone sits down next to you at the last minute. You're saying, that's what I would be saying. And he says, vahasokher monet, a person hires a cab, and you don't look at the cab as an opportunity to fill up the seats for people Who are looking for a tramp anyway? I'm reading you the language because it's so incredible. You think about this after B'Av. You're wasting the space. Those seats are saying, Come, I want you to be here. Such an incredible insight. I want to thank the Daf al Daf for that. Now, the Mishnah, the Arach HaShochan takes this sugya in somewhat of a different way. Now again, the Arech HaShulchan is not writing a parish on Gemara, but this Gemara, Mesech HaSivamas, finds its way into the Arech HaShulchan, and that's what I want to share with you now. Before I get to the Arech HaShulchan, I came across just a fascinating tshuva of how this applies in halacha. Reb who's a very famous Rav, who was born in Hungary, eventually is the Rosh Hashiva of the Hildesheimer Seminary in Berlin. So he has a set of chuvos, questions that came to him from all over the world. Melamed LaHoel. It's not as well known as his commentary on Chumash. And there was a question, without going through all the details, of a question that came to him from Amsterdam. Unfortunately, someone was lost at sea. And the family wanted to put up at a community cemetery, which seemed to have been already paid for by the Chevrolet a matzeva for the son that was lost. And he felt it was a good idea to give a proper zecher, but there was a concern that that space in a limited uh, area of the cemetery would then be considered off... off, limits for anyone else who wanted to be buried there because people would assume that someone was buried there and he talks about how to print on the matzeva this is just a zecher and no one's buried here there's some other reasons also not to put up a matzeva without someone there but he uses this gemara quotes from gemara later in Yavamas with the same expression is going to come up in Yavamas memdalet of la adam Mebarav barov achir mtsrichan lahem that even though you're doing something here, Latova for this person that has passed away, we shouldn't allow that to be at the expense of someone in the future who's going to need a covered place, a respectful place to be buried. So it's a, a, very surprising. I started to go through different shuvos with this expression, and this one popped up at me. The in Ezer, Kuf Samach Aleph. Sif, Gimel, and Dalet discusses this. I mentioned many, more, many times before that the Arach HaShulchan wrote on all areas of the Shulchan Arch. You know, the Mishnah Bura only wrote on Arachayim. The Arach HaShulchan wrote Archayim, Yordea Chosh and Mishpat. And here we look at Eben Ezra. He has an additional Sefer, the Arach HaShulchan HaAtid, on halachas for the future, the Beis HaMikdash, etc. And he says here that if one, going back to Ara Gemara, chooses for the chalitza, a woman who is kasher, as opposed to the other situation where he would pick someone who is already a pasula, in this situation he has violated what is called Midas Sedom, and the general principle that we have is that the Bezdin exerts pressure to kofen al medasedom which in this situation would mean that he would not be able to do khalitza with the kashera but would do it with the psula now this is a different theory than baltaskus that we pointed out before of not throwing out the water and saving it for someone else this whole kofen medasedom Really brings us into a different analysis. Now the Aruch HaShulchan didn't make this up. I don't have time now to do the whole sugya, but you find a similar formulation in the Mi'iri. I mentioned Yevamos Memdalad before in the Tashbates, I'm happy to send you all the sources. And what's fascinating about this is this expression of Kofin Amidasedom. We usually identify with the mission in Pirkei Avos. The Mishnah Perkielvo says that if a person has the attitude of Shali Shali and Shalcha Shalcha, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, zu midas midabainanis, that's one opinion, V'yeshamrim zo midas adom. What does this mean? It's midas adom. So the way it's explained by the commentaries on the Mishnah, and this comes up many different places in Shas, as I'm about to explain is that the attitude of Sodom was not just one of violence, but what ultimately defined their lack of morality was this attitude, that even in a situation where they wouldn't lose by having someone walk on their property or someone come into the community to be hosted by someone, but their attitude was what is ours is ours, what's yours is yours. This is considered to be Midas Sodom. It undermines society, and society was supposed to go beyond ourselves. Now, a relative of this concept is z'anene v'zelah haser. It may be exactly the same concept. That would be in a sheer on that topic. But I want you to understand these terms are sometimes used interchangeably. Of, I'm gaining, z'anene, one person gains, and this one per- doesn't lose. There are many places where this is discussed in Shas, especially in property law. And I could give you the sources if you're interested, Boba Nuntes, in um, Subas, Kof Gimel, um, Aleph, as well as other places. The Rambam in Hilchashchen, and Perk Zayin, Halachaches, says in any situation, Ein al-chaveiro hefzitkla, kofenos olasos, if you're involved in a conflict with a, with a neighbor, and you technically would not be losing anything, maybe you'll lose your ego, but not losing any property rights, and someone else wants either access to them through an easement, as we call it in American law, or we know a famous case of a bar there are two pieces of property available, both are exactly the same, but you choose one to lock in someone else into their property, even though you wouldn't be losing out on it by choosing another piece of property in so many different applications we see this principle so here in Mesechus asivamus when it comes to the realm of ishus we see this as well one could ask the question is there fair competition if there's a choice between you know two men that are going uh, interested in the same woman that's different that would be a ZN so it's not the same. There's a, there's a very, I wouldn't say famous, but a pretty well-known tshuva of the Rashbash. Not the Rashba, but the Rashbash, Reb Shlomo Ben, the Reb Shimon Duran, he was actually the son of the Tashbates who we mentioned before. So he has a long tshuva on this topic, the Rashbash in Simon Samas Zion, And he talks about someone who lived out of town, and others were using his property, but there was absolutely no loss to him, and he came back and he started, he wanted back payments for it, and what Bash says is you don't realize, but by them using your property, they're actually helping you. If anything, you would owe them something, because a property that has someone on it, especially if no damage is being done to the property, it scares away the shade if we would explain that rationally, as the Rambam explains, them as people know that there's some action going on there, and you shouldn't be upset about it. You should be blessed, blessing other people for it. It's not a Zenin of zelochaser. You're actually gaining, and they're gaining at the same time. Now there is one final theory. I gave you two theories behind this principle of don't pour out the water. Let someone else benefit from it. And that actually would tie us back to this past week's Parsha, which really got me thinking about this whole idea. And that's Vasisa HaYashur Vahatov. If you look into the Ramban on the Pasuk of Vasisa HaYashur Vahatov, and I would tell you to look at many of the Rishonim on the Pasuk, we see that there's a general concept that we're supposed to be good to each other. The Rashbash refers to this concept in our, in his Truva, how we're supposed to be gomei to each other it's not a specific halacha but it's a general concept it's not even specifically and in the situation over here with the Yavam and the potential Yavama it's just not Midas Tovos Bein applies in all areas and to all people even people that live in our own home family members etc so that would be a final theory that is discussed by some of the Rishonim on this topic of There are two other suyas that I wanted to touch on on this daf, which we're not going to get to. But you should be aware of their relevance. I mentioned at the outset of the year, the question of birth control. And the second, which is extremely relevant today, how much danger, how much risk is considered to be over the line where you're violating what we read about in uh, Devarim, not watching your life, how much of life is an assumed risk. We'll try to touch upon these issues, especially as we get to the next stuff that has some other Shasugus attached to it. Have a great week of learning.